Hello, I'm Rose Orchard and joined by my co-host David Sparks. This is Automators, where we talked about how to automate your technology to do your work for you. Hi, David. Hi, Rose. I think when you say this is Automators, we need to have like one of those like monster truck voices. <laughs> this is Automators, you know, like with Echo. We have to yes. work on that. <laughs> well, I will, I'll put it in my, uh, my OmniFocus for next time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We uh fun show today. I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah. So uh, today we're going to talk about making a shortcut home screen, which I'm sure some of our listeners have heard of because I'm pretty certain there's a decent crossover between Automator's listeners and Cortex listeners. Um, yeah. Because uh, CGP Grey on Cortex actually suggested th this and the internet seems to have gone crazy over turning your home screen into just shortcuts. So... Yeah, I, I flipped out when I heard the idea because I was doing something like, you know, uh, one of the things, the themes of today's show is shortcuts to make shortcuts. You know, it's like it's becoming self-aware. Mm -hmm. um, I have all of these shortcuts for OmniFocus templates. You know, I've got like 30 of them. Yeah. And so I made a shortcut that gives me a menu that I can pick from. But for some reason, my brain didn't go up with the idea of say, why don't you ramp that up another level and put it on your home screen? And that's what Gray did. And I thought it was really smart when he did it. I got so excited. I even made a little screencast. I'll put it in the, the show notes for this one. Just after like a day of experimenting of of uh, my original take on it, although it's changed since then. Yeah, it's, it's one of these things. It is a very powerful tool, especially if you are launching a lot of shortcuts. It's very easy because then you can just press one button that's on your home screen already. And it says, OK, do you want to do one of like these three things? And it just gets it done. And there is little thinking about it and you don't have to talk to your phone which i'm sure i'm not the only person who doesn't really enjoy talking to my phone in public uh which you know especially if it doesn't work then it is very annoying <laughs> yeah so so the twenty thousand foot view what we're talking about is when you're in siri shortcuts you can save a shortcut as a home screen icon or as a as basically it looks like an app, you know, it, it puts an icon, it's got a bunch of glyphs you can choose from, you can pick a background color, you can even import your own custom image to be the icon. So in essence, you can turn a Siri shortcut into an app button. And the idea Gray had was, what if I did that? And instead of just running a single shortcut, I put a menu of shortcuts in there. And, and actually, the way we're going to talk about it today, it's not just shortcuts, we're talking about running from these things. Uh, so you put on your home screen a single app button that um, will do multiple launch multiple apps or specific tasks in multiple apps, and then suddenly your home screen is not traditional apps you bought off the app store, but instead these launchers and other utilities you've created out of the Siri Shortcuts app. It's yeah. kind of fun, and in a lot of ways powerful. Yeah, it's extremely good fun, and it's actually a great intro to shortcuts for somebody who's not so familiar with it, because there's very little to it. Um, I mean, we're going to go into some more of the, the crazy things that you can do with this later, but essentially, all we're doing here is a choose from menu, and then inside of the menu item, you either have a open app or a run shortcut uh, action, and that's it. That's all of the craziness done. Uh, yeah. The most difficult part is choosing the correct color and icon to represent your shortcut. But you could, of course, just use an image from your photo library instead if you wanted to. And we've got advice for that in the outline. So we're going to get to that as well. So so why do it? Um, number one, it gives you direct access to things like um, you can launch into a specific OmniFocus perspective. I have one 
that has got a list of all the things I do on OmniFocus, like the specific perspectives, the review, because I can also use URLs, you know, URL schemes in this. And I um and so rather than just going to the OmniFocus icon, I go to the shortcut and open OmniFocus exactly where I want it, so I don't get distracted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's something that always happens with me, whether it's email or OmniFocus or my calendar. I open it to do something, and something else catches my attention, and it's it's like up with the squirrel. I'm just gone. And I was thinking that it's like we're we're all Doug. We're yeah, all exactly. And it's very easy to get sidetracked into all of these rabbit holes. Um, and this is a great way to avoid that. So especially if you're somebody who struggles with concentrating on things, or maybe you just want to up your focus on this sort of thing. It's it's very useful. Even better if you get distracted. I mean, one of the w- easiest ways to get distracted is you open your email to do a specific task and something in the inbox catches your eye. Uh-huh. You can make shortcuts to take you to specific areas of the mail application or your third-party mail app of choice. So say, just take me to the Max Barkey inbox, and um, you can do that. Or you can have a shortcut that just opens a compose window in drafts, Yeah, and then you can avoid the mail app altogether. So this stuff can get really powerful and, and really help you get better at getting your work done. Definitely. And of course, it allows you to do things as well, like stack actions. So say, for example, that whenever I sit down to start podcasting with David, I always want to have um, the the lights on full in the bedroom at this time of year because it's really dark. And I need to make sure that my phone's in do not disturb. And I want to open my drafts uh, note for this. Uh, I do this on my phone because if I type on my laptop keyboard, it's very loud. And it sounds like I hate my keyboard. Then I do that. I press one button and it does all those three things. But all I see on my phone is the drafts app and then I'm aware that the lights have increased around me but it's really useful for things like that yeah and, and I want to talk about that more with some examples later but but you know why not have it do two things like going back to that OmniFocus reference uh, if I'm going into the OmniFocus Max Sparky planning uh, um, OmniFocus uh, uh, perspective it will go ahead and set a timer for me for Omni, for uh, Max Sparky stuff. So I'm actually setting a timer and going in to do the work at the same time. And it's just one step, but, you know, that's the kind of stuff that, you know, that's the reason we make this show. You you automate these things and it makes your life easier. Yeah, definitely. And speaking of making life easier, this might actually be a really useful tool for the less technical people as well. So say, for example, you've got a relative who's not so tech savvy and they've got an iPad, but they're struggling to remember that, I don't know, Safari is for the internet and in the internet, if they type in, uh, I don't know, bbc.co.uk, then they get the, the BBC news website. You could just put a news icon on their home screen that opens the BBC, uh, BBC webpage for them. And it can either open that in the in-app Safari browser or in the main Safari app, depending on what you want. And you set that up for them. And then they just know, I tap on this one, which has got the name that you've given it and the icon that you've given it, which makes it really easy to help them later when they go, wait, where, where is it? It's the red one with the newspaper icon. They tap on that and they're there. Um, and that, I think, is something, you know, our audience members are probably going to be the the people setting that up. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's it's a nice thing to keep in mind for that as well. Yeah, that's a really good idea. I was just thinking about um, one of my sisters would, like I know there's certain things she does that sometimes confuse her. I could set up a, a button on her home screen that just does it all for her with yeah. Siri shortcuts. And Thanksgiving, as we record this, is just a couple of days away. So now I think I'm going to be a hero on Thanksgiving. There um, we go. One of the things that occurred to me when I first heard Greg talking about this was 
contextualizing work. And I'm going to go into detail in this episode about what I, what I mean by this. I'm going to, I'm going to share the ones I've created, but I love the idea of having a single button for Max Sparky Mm -hmm. and in it, I've got jumps to email boxes. I've got jumps to OmniFocus perspectives. I've got jumps to my writing apps. I've got jumps to my outline for my, my newest field guide I'm working on and all this stuff combined in one button. I just love that I can go to one icon on my home screen and from there jump off into all the stuff I usually do when I'm wearing my Max Sparky hat. Yeah, it is extremely useful for people that wear multiple hats. And in some ways, everybody wears multiple hats. You know, you likely have a job and you do something at home or maybe you're a gardener and, um, you know, you love going for walks and you can then have a gardening hat and a walking hat and a relaxing at home hat, which I hope everybody has. and that that's really nice because then you're focusing and it's not like you you you're there and you just want to check what was that show that I wanted to watch next and you get sidetracked by that email that came in from work you know that you can avoid that happening which is very nice and and, and probably the the other reason why you should consider doing this is just it's faster i mean i've been doing it for a yeah. few months now and if you do it right you can make it get you to whatever you need to do faster more efficiently and um you know, push all of our automator buttons. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. Okay. So uh, hopefully we've sold it. We, we tried hard to sell that. <laughs> <laughs> There's definitely a lot of advantages. And if at this point you're thinking, I don't know, wait and listen to the examples because the examples are where you're going to go, oh, okay, now I get it. If you're, if you're still stuck at this point. Yeah. Uh, it, this is, as Rose said, a very great, a way to get comfy with shortcuts because you know we've talked about shortcuts before and it can get advanced i know i did a whole video course on it but the um but one of the easiest commands you can do in shortcuts is just open up shortcuts type in the search bar choose from menu and it's just a command in shortcuts and when you drag that in it creates a shortcut for you that gives you a short menu i think by default it has three or four in there um or maybe five i don't remember now that i anyway i think it's it, three it, I'm just going to okay. double check. And, uh, so it's, I got, would, it's got, but either way, it's got a list in there and you can just go in and edit the name. So you could make one that says, um, uh, just, you know, you can pick the applications you want to launch via shortcuts. So you could say one is Fantastical and one is OmniFocus and one is Airmail. And uh, you just type the names in there and then, uh, and then it creates a list below and inside you can just launch the applications. There's a Siri shortcut command to launch the application. Uh, let me open mine. I don't remember the exact phrase for that um, command. Uh, it's open app. Open app. There we go. And so uh, all you have to do then is go, you copy in the the um, the task open app underneath. For instance, under the airmail one, you copy in uh, the open app command in Siri. So you just type search open app and drag it in. And then you uh, then it gives you a button that you can just press and select any of your apps, or at least most of your apps. Some of them don't show up. We'll talk about that later. But uh, airmail's there, so you tap airmail. Now, when you run that shortcut and you tap on the airmail button, it's going to go and open the airmail application. So at the most basic level, this is a launcher. You can, And then you can add additional ones to the choose from menu. So you can have 15 of them if you want. I don't you know, whatever you want. Like if you want to use this to replace a folder, you could do that, um, but it's just a very simple idea of choose from menu and open app. 
And you can take this one step further as well, and you can use the run shortcut action as well. So say you've already got a great shortcut that you, you've made, and it does exactly what you want it to do. Well, you don't need to sit there and manually go back and forth between your two shortcuts, checking what actions you did and how you did it and copying things over or recreating it. You can just use the run shortcut option. And actually, if you turn off the show while running action, then some shortcuts are going to run a lot faster, especially if it's a very long, complex shortcut. It will run faster because the iPhone or your iPad will not need to show the UI of this as it's running. And it works exactly the same way the open app action works. Uh, You choose whichever shortcut it is. There's a nice search option. And then you can just have it run for you. Yeah. um, Like I was just thinking an example of this would be, uh, and here's a real simple one. I I take a walk usually every day. Um, And so... Uh, when I take a walk, there's a couple things I do. I set a timer to say I'm going to be walking because I'm anal retentive about time tracking. And I listen to a podcast So uh, while I walk. So I just have a shortcut called Start a Walk. And it starts the timer, and then it opens up Overcast. And so I just click that one button on my home screen. It does those two tasks for me. Um, and uh, I guess I'm kind of getting ahead a little bit, but that... But that's an example of of a um, choose from menu where I've got a two-step. I've created, in essence, a small workflow inside the workflow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that works really well. The only thing that I would mention, if you are planning on just creating a shortcut inside each of these menu items, is don't forget the menu item itself does not give you anything. So there is a a line uh, inside, and it actually does, in this case, show um, between the name of the menu item and the action, but the action below that menu item does not receive the name of the menu item. So that is definitely something that you need to keep in mind if you're new to shortcuts and you're building one of these. um, If you you need that word, you're going to have to use a text action or something to get that in there. Yeah, and the other thing I would say is, like for instance, this walk one, uh, that could be a separate shortcut, and then you use it as a run shortcut. So you've got a simple two-step shortcut combined under a choose action. So this this is one of the challenges of doing this with audio is that you don't get to see it. And this is why we're going to add videos to the um Yeah, to we're going to so you can make watch. sure that we have a, a demo yeah. video showing you how to build these. And it's a simple one and a more complicated one as well, so that you can graduate from one to the next. Yeah. But it's really powerful as you start doing this and you start, like I said, thinking in terms of context and just groupings. I mean, what are the folders that you have on your home screen right now that you frequently go and do things in? And, you know, how can you take those another step? And this is where it happens. Yeah, you can definitely, you can start with just the very simple stuff and really make it super complicated and awesome if you want to, which is, of course, you know, where we tend to end up doing things, but everybody is welcome at every level. Yeah, we're going to bring you along, man. We want you to go crazy with this stuff. Yes, definitely. In fact, let's start talking about some of the ones we've made that are cool. But before yeah. we do that, you want to talk about our first sponsor? Yes, I do. So today we are sponsored by the Omni Group, who are makers of, among other applications, OmniFocus 3. And OmniFocus 3 has been updated this year. It is a fabulous new application. And it has, most importantly tags instead of context. So if you've used OmniFocus before, you might have been aware there was a singular context for an action uh, or a task to complete. Now you have tags. So for example, if I am waiting on David so that he can choose the next ep- the topic for the next episode of Automators, then I can give that 
task both waiting on and David, so that when I look at my David list, I know, oh, I should make sure that we know what we're talking about next time. The forecast view also shows calendar events now, which is really useful so that when you look at your day, you can see realistically how much you're going to get done. There's also more flexible repeats. Batch editing has made it to iOS, along with a flexible inspector. So if you never use deferred dates, well, you can move that out of your uh, regular inspector view. To find out more about how to use OmniFocus, check out InsideOmniFocus.com, where various people, including David and myself, have written articles about how we use OmniFocus every day. Go to OmniFocus.com right now and start getting more done. That's OmniFocus.com. OmniFocus. Accomplish more every day. Our thanks to the Omni Group for their support of this show and Relay FM. I thought maybe to begin with, I would share one that is a, a very simple uh, Siri shortcut, you know, app home screen launcher, and it's the um, the list of apps that were always on my home screen that you know take a lot of space, and all I really need to do is get into them. So I combine them, and they're all in what I call the communicate category. So I have a simple shortcut called choose from menu. And in it, uh, I've got uh, uh, several functions. There's mail, messages, Slack, discourse, Twitter, and um, an airmail because I've been playing with airmail, thanks to Rose. <laughs> so I've got two mail apps in there. But then all it does is it's a launcher. So for each one of those, there's an entry. And underneath, I have the open app command for the various applications. And um, as a result, I'm able to get all of this into one button. I mean, this is the most basic use of this concept. Uh, there's nothing fancy. There's no additional series shortcut action going on. I'm not writing any uh, specific tasks, uh, but I'm just got an easy way to launch myself into all of the apps I use to communicate. That is a really great first example. Uh, my next example is a little bit more complicated. Uh, it's my my home. Uh, action. So this one, it's a yellow home icon, and it's called home because I'm not very creative with these things. But it presents a list of different HomeKit themes for me to run, because of course, all of these are available to us in shortcuts. But the great thing about this is that I can choose. So if I try to run it before six o'clock in the morning, or actually seven o'clock in the morning, I just modified it today, then it only shows me a few scenes to choose from. And then if I try and run it after seven o'clock in the morning, it will show me more scenes. If I try and run it late in the evening, then it suggests that I should go to bed and puts the the time for bed <laughs> one right under my thumb, uh, which is really useful. And that just allows me to access the home kit scenes that I actually really want to use at the right time of day. So now how are you doing that? Uh, how are you setting it so it's aware of the time and giving you different views? So I am just doing the the time action, or rather it's called the date action, and yeah. then I format that. So I just do HH uh, in uh, lowercase, because that gives me two-digit hour, and then I check if it's less than uh, seven, uh, yeah. then it does one thing, um, and if it's more than, uh, I want to say, 8 p.m., it does something else. 9 p.m., sorry, I've just double-checked. Um, and then other than that, uh, everything else goes into the other category. So it's an if, it's just an if statement. You're checking yeah, the time and using Yeah, it's two if statements, actually, statement. nested yeah. inside one another. Yeah, nice. Uh, you should share a screenshot of that if you can. Yes, uh, I will do. Yeah. Uh, one I've got that's kind of in between those two is, I made, mentioned to it earlier, and that's the, my omni-select um, uh, I just call it OmniSelect because it's just a thing where I go and get access to my most commonly used 
omni group, I'm sorry, omni focus things. And I've got a bunch of perspectives in omni focus. Um, like I have, I have them for planning on Max Barkey on the legal and on my personal side. And each one of those perspectives um, is a, a deferred date based perspective filtered for flags because most of my tasks don't have start dates, but uh, in terms of planning, uh, the flagged items are the ones I'm trying to pay most attention to or the ones that have a due date attached to them. So so I can tap on any one of those three items and it brings me to that specific perspective for like a planning forward. And I use that in the evenings when I'm planning the next day. At the same time, it runs into toggle and throws a switch for uh, setting a timer for whether I'm planning personal, planning Sparky, or planning legal. So I get a good effective time tracking in addition to getting myself to the appropriate perspective. OmniFocus also has certain perspectives that are available to you via URL. Um, and for instance, the projects one is at OmniFocus colon uh, slash 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 projects. So in the, if I want to see the projects, I've got that as a button. So I just use the URL command, you know, which puts that URL in to the system and then opens the URL and it gets me there too. I could run timers on those if I wanted to, but I don't because they're not specific to a particular area of my life. And then the then just to get more meta, I was talking earlier about I have all these templates. So I have a, another, like a third level shortcut, which is a menu of all those templates. And because there's so many of them, there's actually a fourth level to this. <laughs> I hope you're tracking with me. So if I press the templates button in this Omni Select, it brings me to another series shortcut that says, are you making a Sparky template, a legal template, or a personal template? And I click one of those. And also a couple of the ones that I use all the time are in that 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 level. But if I click on like Max Sparky, then it gives me a list of like 12 different templates I've made for Max Sparky projects. Now I know that sounds a little nutty, but um, it takes a lot longer to describe than to actually activate. So I just tap a few buttons and then I've got the template activated and I don't have to go into shortcuts and scroll through my, you know, big long list of shortcuts to find the one I want. I always get it started. And when I want to work in OmniFocus, I avoid distraction by getting to exactly the place I need to be. Yeah, that's a really useful one. If I had more templates, then I then I would do that. And I, I need to actually start making some more work templates because uh, I've received a bunch of projects at work, which are all quite similar. So I'm a big fan of checklists. I think oh, yeah. that any anytime you can put a checklist on a project that you're going to do, you have a much better chance of finishing it. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, right. I'll give another example. Uh, I have a travel one, uh, which uh, what it does is I use TripIt as my travel service. Um, and that means that I forward all of my my trip, uh, my travel itinerary bookings there, and it just makes an itinerary for me so that it knows that, for example, next January, I'm probably going to be in Seattle because I've already booked a hotel um, and forwarded that reservation there. So what this does, the first thing it does, is it checks my TripIt calendar to see if there's an all day event today. And if yes, it shows me one set of applications. And if there is not an all-day event, it shows me my Vienna and Austria applications because those are the ones I actually need when I'm here. And that's it. It's quite simple, really. <laughs> nice, nice. I, I've got one here that is a, um, uh, it's more of a shortcut, but it can be incorporated into, it's more of a, a traditional shortcut, but it can be incorporated into this method and it's something it's a work in progress i'm going to try and finish it and share this one by the time we publish this episode 
but I call it take a nap, you know, because I like taking naps when I have time. And, uh, but I can only take a short nap. If I sleep longer than like 45 minutes and I fall apart, I guess there's like science there. Like you go into REM sleep and it's harder to wake up and all that. So, so when I, when I throw the shortcut, it gets the current date, adds 35 minutes and then sets a timer for 35 minutes and then, um, set turns on do not disturb. And that's great. Uh, the, the one thing I want to do to this is I want to get the date math in there to automatically turn off do not disturb. And mm -hmm. I'm sure there's a way to do that. I did something similar to this with some of my date calculation shortcuts in the past. I just haven't had time to go in and set it up properly. But I'm going to, by the time I'm done, it's not only going to show me a timer for 35 minutes, it's also going to um, turn on do not disturb and then turn it off automatically for me. So I'll have that done by the time we publish this show. Yes. The one thing I would note is at the very least at the time of recording, there is uh, a bug in some versions of shortcuts where do not disturb doesn't work with the beta. So if you have the beta version, then switch to the app store version and then that will fix your do not disturb issues. Yeah, I got, I, I got a message about that recently. Like it said it would needed to access something to get do not disturb working. And I'm, my guess is by the time, hopefully the betas will go, you know, they're, they're actually doing pretty frequent betas for the Siri Shortcuts app. So hopefully they'll have that fixed in the next version. Yes, the exact error message, it says, this action requires do not deturb intents uh, yes, to, yes. to be installed. That's all together, which is why I said it so quickly. Though if you're listening to me at two times speed on Overcast, you won't have noticed a difference. <laughs> so, right. Okay. Uh, like you mentioned earlier, David, I have several different hats and I have um, several uh, different um, shortcuts which show me different applications based on which hat I'm wearing. So I have an automated shortcut, a uh, sweet setup shortcut for when I'm doing quick tips to the sweet setup, my Mac Stories uh, shortcut, and Learn OmniFocus, which they list a variety of things. So they would list um, different apps that I might need to get stuff done. They link to my OmniFocus perspectives. They link to my drafts workspaces, as well as any shortcuts that I might run as part of wearing this hat. And uh, that's really useful just to get everything into one place. Yeah, I, this whole idea of contextual shortcuts, I think, is where the, you get the real payoff with this. And uh, I had talked earlier about it, but just to share um, my my Mac Sparky work shortcut, which is a lightning bolt, because I think that's cool. Um, but there's just so many different things I do. And like, there's some of them that are very simple, like one of them is just inbox. So if I tap on that, it takes me to the Max Sparky Airmail inbox for the Max Sparky account. I don't see the inbox for the other accounts. I just see that one. And also a lot of these I have timers running. So just take for granted that if it's something that I can attribute to a specific area of my life, I'm going to throw a timer on. Um, and then uh, and then there's multiples. And then the OmniFocus perspectives. I talked earlier about my Omni Select um, uh perspective or my omni select application where i can pick among my omni focus tasks but there's no reason they have to live just there i mean one of the nice things about this is you can have redundancy and so if i'm looking at the max sparky thing um getting into the various perspectives that are directly related to max sparky are also in the max sparky button so i can always get to these things easily no matter where i'm going um uh, if i have 
a an idea for a new post. Like sometimes I'm wandering around and I have an idea for a new post. In fact, I just had one this morning. I'm going to write up Rose about all the low hanging fruit in iOS. You know, there's just some, I'm tired of people saying that it, it's just an iPad, but there's some things Apple needs to do. Like they need to fix, like you should be able to create a folder and do better tags and stuff. So I have this whole idea, mm-hmm. but you know, I, w- I want to uh, do a tap, uh, write a post on that. And uh, so I've got this cool little um, button here on my Max Barkey list that opens a new OmniFocus task. But it's not just a new OmniFocus task. It's one that's intended to be a blog post. So the name says write post about already. So I already wrote the first three wo- uh, words of the of the input. Uh, I've got it assigned to the project. I've got all the tasks. I'm sorry, all the context or uh, tags. It says context in um, series shortcuts still because... I don't know, whatever, but it does take tags. So you throw tags in there and I've even got the ability to edit it in OmniFocus right away if I want to. So it's just, you know, it's just taking a whole bunch of steps off my hit, off my, um, off my usual method. Like if I wanted to just create a new task in OmniFocus about writing a blog post, all that metadata I would have to fill in when I opened OmniFocus and went to the inbox. But because I've created this kind of shortcut, it, allows me to just have to type in the exact name of the task and hit return or, you know, hit enter and all the other metadata is already there because I've pre-populated it. Um, I've got ones for show prep, you know, for the various shows that I work on and it runs timers and brings me to the Google doc or the quip doc or the Apple note, depending, cause I do, we work in different platforms for the different shows I'm on, but it knows that and just gets me there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, one of them I'm doing right now is I'm working on a, a I'm I'm making a keyboard maestro field guide rose. It's a big secret, but I'm not, not such a secret anymore. But I'm hoping it'll come out in January. But I've been working extensively on working with the app, and and I'm spending a whole bunch of time in an Omni outliner outline for it. So um, I've got that document now as a shortcut entry. And you know, once I finish and ship this thing, that'll go away, and something else will replace it. But for now. With just one tap, I can get right to that document and make a change or addition to it. And and there's more here, too. I've got my node stuff. Just all the things I regularly do as uh, as Max Barkey are here, and it allows me to get to them very easily. Uh, another one I've got in here is the admin panel for the learn.maxbarkey site. If a customer has a problem, I can get to it very quickly. Um, just you know, and, and I'm constantly adding and refining this. Mm-hmm. And I did a similar thing on the legal side, which has got a different set of things. You know, it's got the billings and the client matters and all that stuff. But um, all that is under one button on my home screen. And I just love, love, love it. it. It almost feels like it changes the way iOS can work for me. Yes. I've actually found, because I've got some some things that I'm working on that I really want to spend more time on, I've actually put these as top-level items in a few of my shortcuts. Because it, yeah. then when I open it and try to run it, it's like, okay, right, well, it's all very well that you want to sit down and watch Netflix, but you really wanted to do this thing. Ah, right, okay, well, actually, yeah, I am going to sit down and get on with that as well. Obviously, you know, it's still up to me to find the motivation to actually get on with it. But it's nice having that little reminder there to prompt me to to do it and then go, okay, yeah, yeah actually, I am going to go and work on this right now. Yeah, it, uh, yeah, it's a way to kind of even encourage behavior. Yes, definitely, which uh, you can also use it to discourage behavior as well. So your communication button to start with might include Twitter. But if you've decided that maybe you're not so keen on Twitter, then you might decide in a few weeks to pull that one out and make it a little harder to get a Twitter for you, um, which, you know, everybody can do whatever it is they want with this, because of course it's extremely flexible. 
And, you know, I, I forgot to comment earlier when you had made mention that you had one that included home kit, like, um, Mm -hmm. common home kit tasks i think that's a great use for this because home kit is actually a little tedious to get to definitely um, you know you can get to it through the control center or you can get to it through the app but it's just not that easy to get to the things you want to do mm-hmm. i think this is a great example although if i understand it right um you actually have limited access to home kit through series shortcuts you don't have the ability to address a specific item. Um, no, you don't. You you only have access to scenes, unfortunately, uh, at least at the time of recording. Knowing us, they'll probably have changed that by the time we release this. I, I hope this. that's true. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, they have, since we started, actually added the option to choose a HomeKit scene instead of only having them donated, uh, which yeah. is really nice. But so so you just create scenes for the stuff you want. But but just think of the most common, you know, lighting and whatever setups you have and just create some scenes, uh, combine them under all under a single series shortcut, and then you can have it accessible directly from your home screen. Yeah. And of course, this is really nice in tandem with what I mentioned earlier, which is uh, giving myself specific ones at specific times, because I'm sure most people have got, you know, they, they maybe they have slightly warmer um, lights in the evening than they do in the morning because a whiter light will actually help you wake up, whereas um, a more yellow or red light will actually help you go to sleep. Um, so if you are doing things like that, which uh, I have been at least playing with, and it has been working quite effectively for me, I have to say, that maybe that's the uh, the placebo effect. Um, yeah. Then that's it's nice to have those, just the right ones prompted, uh, shown to you at the right times. Um, and it's also perhaps useful if you are trying to get some family members on board with HomeKit instead of trying, instead of them going like, what, which button, what, I don't understand this. It's just like, just run this and choose the one you want. Ah, oh, right. Okay, got it. Um that's nice uh just to, to finish up on a couple more examples like you had talked about with me offline about your communications mm-hmm. one and you go a little deeper than i do i'm just launching apps that so you are actually addressing uh tasks inside these apps right yeah so my communication one um i actually don't list communication methods i list people uh these are people that i frequently communicate with like my parents my boyfriend david various other friends um, and I tap on the person and it then takes me to that person in whatever communication method it is, um, usually by opening a message to this person. So, for example, in uh, iMessage, you can just have it open and you can type a message there or you could uh, and I have done this for a few people especially some group chats in iMessage uh, I've got it where it, there's actually a ask for input box and then I use the send message um, action but I've toggled off show when sending which means it sends in the background and I don't ever have to actually open the chat which for some really busy chats where it's very easy to get distracted by pictures of cute bunnies or something it's, it's good to help me keep focus if it's just that I want to send a message that I'm running late for dinner yeah you know i played with that and it's really goofy one of the things i think they made a mistake with with series shortcuts is when they give you the example donations you know when you tap on it mm-hmm. they always they always suggest that you create shortcut with telling a, a person the exact phrase you just texted them like if yeah. i if i text rose hey let's start five minutes early and say do you want to create a series shortcut telling rose <laughs> rosemary orchard five minutes early no that's a one-time thing yeah um I, I feel like they they could do a better job with those donations but the, the reason i really didn't never got into going deeper on that communications tab is because i use all that stuff for drafts i mean i write yeah. most of it in drafts and then with drafts i've already got the send to rose into family groups into the you know all my uh 
usual suspects are already included in automation on the drafts in. Yeah. I mean, so that we, works. We probably should do something on drafts. I don't think we, we need to give that probably a show at some point. <laughs> at least a show. There's a lot to yeah. cover there. Yeah. Yes. There is. Uh, there are a few good things that are donated to messages, um, though. It, for example, um, as well as I have one saying, send I know exclamation mark to my mom. Uh, it has the option to just send a message or send a message to mom. And if I run send a message to mom, um, then it will just open messages to my mom specifically, which is exactly what I was looking for there. Um, and then that's it. That's the end of the shortcut. Um, so that that's pretty nice. Of course, using drafts for this is great. Um, but sometimes I just need to check what the person said before applying to them. And that's unfortunately where it's a little more difficult to use drafts because then I have to open messages or WhatsApp or Slack or Skype or whatever communication method it is we're using, probably smoke signals by now, and then check it. And then I go to drafts and I write it only to send it back to the application I just came from. That's that's the case where drafts unfortunately does not make sense there. Yeah, but I mean, uh, one of the other things I really want to emphasize on this is that really lets you expose the apps that you normally are digging on other screens or in folders for. Um, uh, I like to play my saxophone. It's a weird thing, but I do it. But I've got these apps. I've got one for tuning, you know, just to make sure I'm playing in tune. I've got one called Fourscore that, play, that displays my music. I've got one that is a little robotic drummer that... Uh, plays you know it plays a beat because you want to get your rhythm right you want to have it's almost like a metronome but it's got a swing beat or something um but you know i have to go dig for those apps all the time so i made one of these shortcuts based on that and then i've actually got a bigger shortcut just called play and that one launches a whole bunch of stuff it gets me into the apple store it gets me on amazon it gets me on the hbo app uh opens the tv app but there's also a button there called saxophone, which exposes that second level of those saxophone apps. And with just a couple taps, I can get to exactly the apps I need. And by doing this, I find I use the folders a lot less frequently. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have started replacing a large chunk of my folders with uh, shortcuts uh, because it allows me to either open apps to the specific area that I always go to anyway, um, or hide the ones that I never use but have some kind of feature like sending me a notification because I need that for example the app from my credit card company is dire and I rarely open it but I do like the notifications that I get when I use my card uh, just to make sure that everything's working as it should do and if I get a notification when I haven't used my card then I'm aware which is always useful yeah uh, another one that's just like makes sense as a shortcut but it's actually difficult to manage otherwise as I have a collection of health related. I've got one that opens the activity app. I've got one that, you know, when I'm going to start a workout, the things I do, I've got one for my meditation. I've got one for tracking food, the start walk one I was mentioning earlier. That one's also referenced here. Uh, like one of the messages I like you to take out of this, listening to the show is you can use these shortcuts once you make them in repeated locations. You know, uh, the start walk one shows up in a couple places for me, the timer ones show up all over the place and I just save it as a single or a very short action shortcut, but then I just access it and run it from other locations. Uh, you know, you can go beyond the box here, you know, let, let your mind expand as you start thinking about the ways to implement these. Yes. And I would actually definitely recommend in 
the vast majority of cases, if it's more than one action, make it into its own shortcut and then you can include it in other places because a very long shortcut can be difficult to manage and look at. But also if you then decide, for example, you have the start walk one. Okay, so you put that in one shortcut. Maybe you want to access it in this other one as well. Now, what do you do? Do you go copy the actions over? And then you decide, actually, when you go for a walk, you also want to turn off all the lights in the house before you leave. You have to modify it in two places. By turning it into its own shortcut, then you modify it once and it's updated everywhere. This is a function in programming terms, and it's extremely useful uh, for everybody. And it also means that you can search for things and, you know find it later and run it independently if you want. And also, more importantly, you can run it via Siri if you want, because if it's an individual shortcut, you can donate it to Siri very easily versus donating a much larger shortcut with a menu. Siri has some value, but perhaps not as much as an individual one. Yeah. There's just so much you can do with this. I was looking, I have a travel one where it's got things like open Google Maps and open Maps, but it's also got ones that get specific directions or get me where I'm at, or it's got the single uh, button, you know, send Daisy my location when I'm out, you know, in the world and I want her to know where I'm at. Um, just, it's just got a bunch of stuff related to location, but also it's got stuff in here, how to find a restaurant. So you get to combine all this stuff under one button. And, and I guess going back on the theme Rose said earlier, when you've got it right in front of your face, when you push that button, you're more likely to use the, these tools. Yeah, definitely. And it's it's a great way of actually making sure you do things. So recently, I've been beta testing a few different applications, which theoretically will replace other applications in my daily workflow. And because I've been using the shortcuts, it's really easy because I've literally opened up the shortcut to edit it and changed, uh, for example, I'm beta testing a microblog app. I've changed the microblog app out to be this other one. Um, And that's great because then I still do exactly the same action, but I actually get to beta test this application for these people because, you know, I said that I would give some feedback. And if I don't use it, I can't provide feedback. Yeah, just like on my audio list of um, my audio series shortcut launcher, I've got an entry called podcast, but it doesn't open the Apple podcast app. It opens overcast, but maybe next week I'm trying a different app. I can swap that out and the button I push never changes and the label never changes. Yeah. And going back to something I said earlier um, as well, if you have a relative with an iPad or an iPhone that's you know, and maybe you have to change an application because they complain that it's not working. But having them remember the name of the new application, if you've done, if you've actually put shortcuts on their screen for them, then they have the same icon and they have the same name of the, for the icon and they press it and it just opens a different application. This is a little yeah. bit like what I used to do for my grandparents with putting uh, Chrome on the desktop with the Internet Explorer icon because the blue E is the Internet. Um, yeah. And I'm sure <laughs> that's clever. I like I'm that. sure a lot of nerds have done that before. This this is a very similar concept, or could be, uh, and this can both be to trick you into doing something that you want to do, um, or not. And of course, don't forget you could have it as well. Just check the time, and if you try and open Twitter past 10 p.m., it's like nope, go to bed. Um, do all sorts of things. Let's talk a little bit about this customization because when I did that video, a bunch of people asked me, well, how did you get those icons on your screen and how come they don't have labels on them? And let's just talk about kind of the mechanics of that a little bit. So there's a lot of things that you can do here. The first of all, uh, obviously, is give your your shortcut an icon. And, uh, and so you choose the color in shortcuts and you choose which uh, which glyph represents it. 
Um, and then um, you can also, in the shortcut, so this is in the settings in the top right, that's uh, an off and an on toggle under the done button. Um, and then you tap on icon. You can also say home screen and you can select photo or take a photo, which means that you can, if you want to, go super crazy and make custom artwork, or you can just take an existing logo like the Automator's logo and put that in there as well. The um the names all apps and folders have names. They're required to on iOS, which is something that I would uh, you know I'm joining the course of people that say I'd like to be able to turn that off. I mean, just think about the apps on your home screen. When's the last time you needed to read the name of any of them? You know, I mean, yeah. Uh, it, Once you've had an app for a few weeks, you remember what the icon looks like, and mo it's mostly muscle memory for a lot lot of us, I'm sure. Or you're yeah. launching it via Siri anyway, so you don't care what name it says. I would almost say once you've had it for a few hours, you know what the icon does. But the um, but anyway, but that's required. But there are some ASCII characters that are blank, and it's like the secret, you know, the secret password. You've got to get them. Um, I got them off the internet years ago, and I just saved them to a file where I just copy and paste them because you can't like put. You have to put something in for the name or it won't let you complete the creation of the icon. But so you just paste in these blank characters and we'll put them in the uh, link to the show notes. In fact, I was thinking maybe I'll even make a series shortcut that just pastes those blank characters into the uh, clipboard. And Ooh. then you could paste it. I don't, I, I'll have to figure it out. But I, either way, we'll, we'll make those accessible to you. So you can paste them in and that gives you an icon without a name underneath it. And it looks really cool, I think. Uh, the other thing, I'm not sure how Gray did it, but it, there's he put made the top line blank, and I think he did mention he used shortcuts. So what, it, what you do is you make a shortcut, and then you just give it an icon that is a solid black. If you've got a black background, then it's just going to blend right in. So like he had his uh, list of icons starting on the second row. On the top row, there were four shortcuts up there that just had a solid black icon with no label, and then that, yeah. in essence, pushed everything down a row. Um, and on that episode, Mike made the recommendation, which I think is brilliant, is to have secret shortcuts attached to those icons that you can't see. Um, like maybe you make an OmniFocus new inbox item on up there where you're, it looks like there's no icon, but you just tap up there and it opens up for you like magic. Yeah. And I, I've thought about that, but I've never gone to the level of doing it. Uh, for for me, when I've I've created those blank icons, they're just shortcuts that have no commands in them at this point for me. Have you done? Have you played with that? Uh, I briefly tried it and realized that I like having lots of icons on my home screen, so yeah. it's not for me. Um, I can see for some people, especially if you don't have many icons and you want to have a very minimalist iPhone home screen, then that would be a really great way to push uh, the most frequently used icons down underneath your thumb into, say, the bottom two rows, which tend to be the most accessible ones. Um, but uh, I, I tend to put things that I'm trying to do less of, but I still need to do in the top row. <laughs> so that's yeah, One it. of the things we haven't mentioned about this is every time you run one of these, unfortunately, um, when you run it from your home screen, it's going to jump into the Siri Shortcuts app. It's a little bit um, jarring the way it, it happens. Yeah, unfortunately, it actually sends you to Safari and then it opens the Shortcuts app, yeah. which is a little bit... Uh, yeah, it, it's, it takes a moment of getting used to it, but uh, there's a great tip where it's just, if you turn off reduce motion, then the, the action becomes more fluid. Of course, this may change how other things appear. In my case, it breaks my iPhone background because I have a black background with a rainbow border. 
um, which is just a thin, I think, one or two pixel line around my phone. And that breaks, unfortunately, if I turn off reduce motion. So. Yeah, either way, I, I really don't like that. I mean, it's, uh, I just, I know it just takes a few seconds, but I, I'm just not a fan of that action. I, I wish that, um, or maybe, you know, hopefully with a future version of Siri shortcuts, it won't drag you through that process. Um, interestingly, uh, an alternative, and one I've been using is, uh, you can put these things on your widget screen too. You know, how the widget screen has a Siri shortcuts widget. If you put that on there, and you're judicious in the way you set up your your uh, widget screen. Like you can select in the Siri Shortcuts app which applications get on your widget screen. You can have all of these available to you by just swiping to the left on the widget screen and tapping on the appropriate one. And in that case, it doesn't go to Safari, it doesn't go to the Siri Shortcuts app. It, it truly acts like a menu-driven system. Uh, way more clean that way if you're un unhappy with the icons. Yes, and I can actually give people an additional tip, or I thought I could, and now I can't anymore, because where is it? Ah, um, if you um, do the modifying of the widget in Shortcuts itself, so if you tap on the settings, um, then there should be show in widgets, so you can make sure whether or not your your uh, actual shortcut is showing in the widgets. And there should be somewhere in Shortcuts the option to uh, go into the settings for Shortcuts. And then you can modify the widget screen and you can just move things up and down in there, which gets them to the top of your widgets much more easily. That's a good one. Um, also, you can use the Launcher app to, um, to kind of help you along with this yeah. as well. So I use Launcher because uh, it can show me widgets. I believe it has six or eight different widgets and it can show me widgets based on time or location. So when I'm outside of Vienna, it can show me uh, my travel one. But when I'm inside of Austria, it can show me my Austria slash Vienna one. Uh, when I'm yeah. at work, it will show me my work one, which means that the shortcuts and other actions that I would do at work, for example, are right there with one swipe when I'm at work. But once I leave work, they're not there anymore. Uh, which yeah. is useful for focus. I don't know. You know. Do you think we could do a whole show on Launcher? I almost think we could. I think so. I mean, we're going to have to do a, a show on Launch Center Pro because that is in beta testing for 3.0. I am under yeah. an NDA, unfortunately, but I will say it's awesome. So yeah. we're going to be doing a show Agreed. on that. Agreed. That That is a show. Yeah, they yeah. are separate applications, just to be clear. Uh, Launch Center Pro, I believe, was first on the market. And uh, it's... One of my favorite applications. It was one of the first automation apps for iOS. So. Am I breaking the NDA if I say the beta is in my dock right now? I don't think so. No, I don't think either of us are breaking beta by saying it's in our dock um, because it is. <laughs> what's what's in your dock these days, Rose? Uh, currently, I have uh, Drafts, Safari, Launch Center Pro, and OmniFocus. How about you? I have OmniFocus, Drafts, and Launch Center Pro, and just those three. Yeah. I keep trying three in the dock, but I, I like I use Safari a lot because I Google so much. Um, so maybe I need to put a shortcut in my dock to Google things instead of opening Safari. Well, actually, what I and I kind of misspoke. It's it's not actually OmniFocus. It's OmniSelect. It's my shortcut we've been talking about because you know I I like to just I love the idea of just going straight to the part of the especially on a big app like OmniFocus. I don't have to navigate anything. I just press a button. It takes me where I want to go. Yeah, that, that's good. I still have OmniFocus there because uh, it's useful to have the badge uh, on the icon. And this is something that you won't get with shortcuts, which may be something that you want or maybe something you don't want. Uh, you do not get a badge um, on a shortcut. Uh, even if it is a shortcut just to open a specific application, you will not get a badge. That shortcut 
can give you notifications as part of this. And this is something I didn't mention earlier, uh, but some applications like, for example, Quip, um, I use for more than one purpose, and they unfortunately are not shortcuts accessible, which means that all I can do is open the app. So what I do is I have a notification that pops up um, after opening the app, and then I get the app, and I'm in the app, and I'm going, oh, rabbit hole, rabbit hole, and the notification slides in from the top to show me, you are going to look at the automators outline? Ah, right, yes, thank you very much, past that's me. That's good, that's good, that's good. Um, there, that's not the only, some apps just are not available, like yeah. the camera app, for instance, which super frustrating. I've got a whole camera shortcut system, but the actual camera app isn't in it because it's not available to me. No, but you can thankfully at the very least take a photo, uh, yeah. which yeah, it's a start. It's not quite what you want. And it, you have to specify how many photos you want to take and which camera you want to take it with the front camera or the back camera and whether or not you want to show a camera preview and. All yeah. of that stuff. It, it is odd that some of the Apple apps are the ones that are not Siri shortcut friendly. Yeah. But, you know. It's also again, weird that you can turn off um, showing a camera preview uh, because um, I like if you do that, then it just takes a photo of whatever is in front of whichever camera it is. Yeah. Kind of creepy. Yeah. But you don't have to press the, the button to take the photo. So that's yeah. something. Um, so you can't do everything with, with Siri shortcuts, but you can do a lot. And... Uh, this is something I think you should try. Uh, you should not do it the way I did it because I fell into a hole for like a day and a half of <laughs> setting these things up. Uh, I think it's better, you know, you just build them as you need them. But the uh, I do find that it's it's very useful. I haven't decided yet where I fall on this, whether I'm going to just run them from the widget screen and just keep apps on my home screen or right right now I've got a kind of a combination of everything. Like I said, I've got OmniSelect in my dock. I've got the, especially the legal and the Max Sparky contextual shortcuts are so useful to me. I just keep those on my home screen. Um, but the but some of them I've, I have just got apps. I, I just haven't really figured out how how it all plays out for me at the, that whole thing, jumping to Safari and then back to Siri shortcuts really just makes me crazy sometimes. Yeah. But I mean, at the same time for everybody listening, remember there are no rules to this, do whatever you think works. And if this doesn't work, then well, I mean, at the very least you play with shortcuts some more, which is always a fun, yeah. fun exercise. And it's well worth doing, I would say. But honestly, it's going to work <laughs> I mean, yeah. because it's, it's faster. It, it just is faster. Yeah. I mean, there's only so many slots on your home screen and the idea that not only can you open an app, but you can start a specific task in an app uh, that that always would take more clicks and button presses once you got the app open, it's just faster. And um, I, I suspect anybody that tries this is going to adopt at least some portion of it. And I mean, I've, sometimes you can do some of these things with force touching an app icon, um, but I don't know about you, but I always forget that I can force touch app icons until I do it accidentally. And it's like, oh, right. Yeah, I could do that because you get the yeah. little widget and then you get the things. Uh, but of, of course, this is also an accessibility trick. If you're somebody that for one reason or another can't force touch, then you can actually replicate that force those force touch options but with shortcuts in the vast majority of cases um, and even go further. So Yeah, but, but I mean, the difference is, though, it, it's just this is so much more customizable to you. Yes. Like, force touching OmniFocus lets me create a new inbox item. It does not let me create a new idea for a blog post with mm -hmm. everything already filled out for me yeah. or a new, you know, question for a client or, you know, I've, I, that's not the only, I have a lot of customized inbox items 
that I've made with this because there's a bunch of stuff I do all the time that always has the same tags and always has the same projects. So why not just automate that stuff? So I only have to type in the the, the least amount of information and get it captured properly. Yeah. And I mean, I've been doing that too. And especially once you add the ability to do multiple steps. So for example, the new blog post thing can also uh, create a blog post draft in drafts for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then you can actually save a link to that in the note of the OmniFocus task. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you just saved yourself five minutes later because then you're looking at draft and it's like, oh yeah, that was, that was the post I wanted to write. And then done. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you can like even go crazy and say, open up, you know, create the task in the appropriate Ulysses folder and calendar time to write the blog post and create a calendar entry for posting it next week. You know, you can, you can go really far down the rabbit hole on this stuff. Yeah, that that's where it gets really powerful. I think we we both have been eager to do this show because we've been having so much fun with it. Okay, yeah, yeah, no, we have. It's been something I've been playing with for quite a while, and I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, th- my thanks to Gray for kind of leading, blazing the trail here. Yes, and uh, we did ask him. Unfortunately, he wasn't able to be on today's show, but uh, and uh, he did send me a comment that he wanted to include, which is. Shortcut launches to launch shortcuts are just the best. So I think I yeah. can leave you with that message. <laughs> yeah. Can you tell this is fun? I think oh, it is. If yes. you're listening to our show, this is fun for you. So give it a try. And, and share them with us over at talk.automators.fm. Yes. And as always, there will be a thread for every episode, but feel free to create your own threads as well. And if it's related to the episode, then maybe just post a link to that in the thread uh, for the episode as well, which is we're going to have some uh, screencasts with this one to show you, you know, how we're doing some of this stuff. So you, if you're confused by some of it, just follow along. Like Rose said, we'll have a simple one, we'll have a complex one. Um, but I don't think this this stuff is not particularly difficult, and it's super useful. Yes, it is. It's very easy to grasp. It's a great way to exercise your shortcut skills, especially if you're getting to grips with it, and you can reach the sky and go beyond. I'm sure somebody someday will figure out how to take us to the moon with shortcuts. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, So we are the automators. You can find us at automators.fm. We've got a great forum over at talk.automators.fm. The show is hosted at relay.fm slash automators. Where you will be able to find show notes, including various different links. Don't forget, there is a blog post which accompanies every episode. And if you want a blog uh, a RSS feed of just the automators blog posts, then you can get that over at automators.fm, which will then take from either my blog or David's blog, depending on who is in charge of which episode. Uh, Rose is on Twitter at Rosemary Orchard. I am on Twitter at Max Berkey. Uh, thank you, Omni Group, for sponsoring this episode. Do we, do we miss anything, Rose? No, I think that is everything. Apart from to say thank you to everybody who has listened all the way to the end. You are wonderful people, and I look forward to hearing from you in some kind of feedback. <laughs>